Welcome to your Breakthrough Blueprint. I'm your host, Becky Oste, a wife, mom, and trauma-informed marriage coach. After a decade of trying all the mainstream modalities of healing to save my marriage, I found myself two kids later separated and on the verge of divorce. That's when I stumbled upon the unconventional game changer of somatic work that not only resurrected my dying marriage, but bled into breakthroughs in my parenting, purpose, spirituality, health, wealth, business, and more in just six months. My intention with this podcast is simple. Through every weekly episode, my goal for you is that one, you realize how insanely collective our struggles are, that you're not even close to alone. Two, that you can laugh a little because God knows we need it. And three, that you walk away with actionable advice on how to design your unique blueprint for your breakthrough life. So get your earbuds in, grab your coffee so you can sit back, relax, and enjoy today's episode. Hello, friends. Welcome to the podcast today. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited for this one. I'm actually in our tiny little studio with my best friend, Courtney, and her incredible husband, Andrew. And this has been a long time coming that we've talked about doing this. Um, I'll have them back on, but today we really wanted to talk about their story. It's just one that you may have heard Courtney's story before, but this is the first time you'll get to hear Andrew as well and just the work that they've put in as individuals before meeting each other after some messy relationship past and history and um, how that still carried into their marriage now and what they've done to repair um, just the things that our bodies all keep the score of. And so Courtney and Andrew, what's up? Hey, Becky. Thanks for having us. Hey, Becky. How's it going? Thanks. Good. How are you guys today? You know, we're doing good. Doing yeah. good. Happy to be here. And we're in person with you today. So that's really fun. Pretty cool. We're in the uh, the studio here and there are guitars in the wall. So I already feel at home. <laughs> guitar players, so It's so tiny in here and it's going to get really hot really fast. <laughs> but guys, I thought we could start off. Um, Courtney, tell us the background. Tell us the baggage. Please show everyone how relatable you are. <laughs> My audience, you know, it's a lot of women, a lot of married moms who are either in the midst of or kind of on the other end of going some ma- through massive struggles in their relationships. So how can you relate to this? Oh my gosh. I I can relate so much um, because I've been through a lot with failed past relationships, failed marriage, and then being a single mom for a while, figuring that out, figuring out even like my career and then getting into a healthy marriage, but still going through a lot of bumps where past trauma has come up for me and really affected our dynamic early on in our marriage. So with this past relationship, the failed marriage, what would you say led to it? And yeah, we'll start there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, So I I think back to our, I got married at 18. I was very young. Um, But thinking through all of that, just the dynamics, the unhealthy dynamics that were there um, definitely culminated to the failure of that marriage, Um, the codependency um, kind of helped define like what was there, um, like me getting security from him and then him being an avoidant and just like wanting to run away. And then it's just like a chase game. And I just never felt truly connected to my ex-husband and then, you know, move along. We had a marriage of seven years, had a beautiful son. Um, the end of that marriage, 
um, did come from unfaithfulness. Um, and there was a lot of betrayal trauma there that ended the marriage ultimately. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We're the same that they just, we find each other, the avoidant mm-hmm. attachment and the anxious attachment at the time. I didn't have words for it. I was just like, this feels like a chase and run game where I'm chasing and Sebastian is running yeah. for the hills. <laughs> And it's interesting, you know, that seems to be like a really common match and it's what draws us to one another at the beginning, but can end up being really the atomic bomb if we don't know how to repair it or work through it or heal. And so how about you, Andrew? Tell us, tell us the the messy history. What was your past relationship deal? Yeah, I am a uh, quintessential hopeless romantic. I couldn't remember a time in my life when I wasn't looking for a relationship from, I would say, I mean, maybe up until like, you know, five, six years old, it was probably a little bit later than that. I and mean, we'll say I started maybe crushing on girls like eight or nine years old. And then when I moved to Virginia, um, we moved around a lot, but I remember like fourth grade, there were these, you know, these beautiful, I'm like, I feel like, wow, I finally, like my eyes were open. I'm like, wow, these are beautiful women. I'm like, my gosh. I, and I'm just like, you know, nerdy, kind of like small guy with huge Coke bottle glass. <laughs> and so, you know, every, like at every turn, it was, you know, this girl and then that girl. And and my whole world revolved around wanting to be in a relationship. I'm not even entirely sure why. I think there's some more work to be done there. But um, fast forward, I, um, there was a period of time in my junior year of high school, I had never dated anybody. I'd had a lot of interests and a lot of failed interests and a lot of and um, there was one in particular, and it was this, you know, you have the checklist of things that you want in high school, like, you know, intelligent, beautiful, musical, whatever, whatever, whatever. It wasn't so much that. It was just that it was kind of the, like, forbidden fruit. Like, ooh, okay. And she paid me attention, and I was like, man. And so, um, you know, we dated for a few years, and that was, that was like a really, that was the first time, like, I didn't know what codependency was, but I remember, like, it, it, the highs were so high, like the, oh my gosh, like if she's happy, I'm happy. But then when she was sad, I would jump in the car and run over and spend five hours there and be like, you know, like, like hang out with the family and make sure that she was okay. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, on the drop of a dime, like one time I remember I'm super long winded by the way. So everybody, thanks for, we're here for it. You're good. I'm a storyteller. Um, I remember one time I was supposed to get an award band like I, I did pretty well in band and it was after school and I remember she was upset about something this girl and I went and sat with her and her mom in the car for like an hour after school and I missed the whole thing and we walked back in and my band director came in and he was he looked at me he's like here's your award and handed it to me and just walked in I was like I am mortified because I let like I didn't care about me at all I would basically would have preferred not to exist I was so in enveloped in and enmeshed with this relationship that I didn't even know who I like. I think that's probably why just thinking about it, I was so lonely and desperate for a woman um, that I would be willing to do whatever. And I got lost in the other person. So I didn't even know who I was. Mm-hmm. And so fast forward three years later, we broke up. Uh, she broke up with me, the whole story there, but I was destroyed, absolutely destroyed. And so the next like, you know, 10 years of my life was kind of like, what do I do? What do mm-hmm. I do now? And you know, had more kind of failed relationships and I was super unhealthy and had no idea why. Like, I was like, what is wrong with me? I remember I asked a friend, I was like, what's wrong with me? And he's like, I don't know. You kind of smell like coffee breath. I'm like, what? 
coffee breath like shut up man so i started taking showers like <laughs> Like before I would show, show up something, I wouldn't go to Starbucks. I would just, anyway, but I was like, okay, I was looking for the thing. And then um, I ended up, uh, the kind of climax of this whole thing, I promise I'm coming in Berlin. I dated another girl um, and a uh, great girl. Um, we, we did it for a long, long time, but it was kind of that similar energy of like healthier, mm-hmm. but still, you know, the something not quite right. The highs were high, the lows were low. And I, I hung on her every word. If she was upset, I was upset. If she was angry, I was angry. If she wasn't okay, I wasn't okay. And I, and I was looking for her. John Aldridge is, is um, he's an author and he's like, the way he puts it is I was taking my question, my masculine question of, do I have what it takes? Am I good enough? Am I a man to her? And she can't answer that. She could not answer that question. And so I was, you know, I was hanging on everything for her. And she was like, I, 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 I have to walk on eggshells around you. I can't like, I can't, she did me a huge favor by breaking up with me. Mm-hmm. And it was, that was equally as devastating. I was like, I can't go through this again. I, I spent so much time and money and energy and, mm-hmm. travel, and I went into tons of debt, just like you know, traveling back and forth to, to Florida and Jamaica. And she did the the most gen generous thing she could have done by breaking up with me. And um, I needed that. It was not grace at the time, but it caused me to go, okay, like, what am I going to do? And so I was able to reach out to a counselor and um, a guy named Steve Brand, love him so much. And we worked together for almost three years. And that was the first time I had ever learned about codependency. I ever learned about recovery. I learned about unhealthy attachments and um, healing from trauma. And I, over the course of time, it wasn't perfect, but I could feel myself healing and the questions being answered and um, everything leading up to meeting her. Like, I wasn't ready. I had to become someone different in order to to be who I needed to be. To mm-hmm. So I want to shift a little and I want to go back to that time long, long ago when you guys first met each other. What was it, you know, in a couple of, you know, minutes, just what drew you to each other at the beginning? And then we can dive into um, what blocks came up, you know, early in marriage, how you worked through them. But like, let's tell the love story. What was the magical piece that drew you to Andrew Court? I still remember the first time I talked to Andrew. Um, We actually met through his sister-in-law. I knew his sister-in-law and his brother um, really well. And she set us up on a blind date. And it was virtual because it was during COVID. And at the time, I didn't know Andrew lived in Florida. And I remember the first time I talked to him, I felt like the safest I've ever felt talking to anyone. It was really kind of crazy. That was my first interaction with him. Um, and he wanted to do a group virtual date. And I was like, uh, I don't think I want to do that. Um, are you cool? It's just me and you. (laughs) So we can like, in my mind, I'm like, I really want to get to know him. And he was like, yeah, sure. It sounds great. And our first date virtually, um, we sat for five hours on zoom and just shared. He, he actually, um, made the first step and shared, very vulnerably his like whole life story and just even about those heartbreaks yes um and set the tone for their relationship of vulnerability of openness of safety but it it, he wasn't expecting it in return he said you know I just wanted to put everything out there he's like I know you're a single mom you've been married before um but if you are willing like I'm here for you to share whatever you feel comfortable with and I ended up sharing my whole story with him um and then that's kind of, yeah, mm. that was my first impression. 
So I got to ask this because I know there was a couple other dates that I tried setting you up with that weren't exactly the fireworks that you had with Andrew. I'm like, thank God for Katie for introducing you to, but dang it, I wanted to help you find that. But what, you know, was that really the the game changer for you? What set apart the other guys who were pursuing you and trying to ask you out? Yeah, the vulnerability, the openness, like creating safety. Like I think other dates, yeah, they I just, I didn't feel that same sense of like safety. Mm. Like maybe that's my type six Enneagrams. Yes. <laughs> I love that. Like, I get safety and security, but um, yeah, I think that's what set him apart was his emotional availability, mm. his vulnerability, his willingness to go to the dark places, which yeah. Quite different from, Quite yeah, different from some of the other men. Past relationship. <laughs> some of the dates I went on for sure. How about you, Andrew? Yeah, good question. Um, yeah, it took us about five hours because I'm incredibly long-winded as everyone has learned. Wait, your first date was five hours. Yeah, That's five amazing. Hours. So it's kind of crazy. Um, that day, we had I had planned to go to a Panera and sit because I was going to order her food and um, ended up having quite the catastrophe. And it was a really good, it was actually like the best thing that could have ever happened, um, but not at the time. So I ended up like, what did I do? I parked and somehow some way i had like i was i think i had my work laptop with me or something and i put it in the trunk to try to keep it safe but didn't put it together that i put my keys in the bag and so i walked out of the car i went to Panera. i was gonna go set up and i was like wait a second and everything i own like i don't know everything i own but like all the valuable things my laptop my wallet my phone my keys all that stuff was in the back of the car there's this like you know big day that's coming up and she's gonna you know be expecting we we so we were able to get a hold of Courtney somehow and uh, got the, the the locksmith guy. Anyone who knows me, I'm absolutely notorious for locking my keys in the car. And it's hilarious. But the long and short of it is that when I showed up to the call, finally after what, 45 minutes, I was like profusely apologetic, like, Courtney, I'm sorry, I'm late. And she's like, it's fine. She's just incredibly gracious. Mm-hmm. She is the epitome of grace and compassion. And what I've learned about God, like literally those are the two first words, mm-hmm. like, you know, the Lord, the Lord gracious and compassionate slow to anger like that's Courtney that is literally Courtney so I was like whoa I am not necessarily used to this um doesn't mean I've never been shown grace or compassion but mm-hmm. like, it's a different level of like I accept you exactly where you are and mm-hmm. that is Courtney she is so accepting so kind and then as we dove in the emotional availability her courage that is a huge strength yours the courage that you had to share your story and I knew bits and pieces I just wanted to hear from your perspective. It wasn't this, hey, I'm going to dump my heart out so that you, you know, force your hands so that you have to, you know, lay it out on the table. It's sort of like, I'm going to set the pace and see what happens. And you met me there and then you took it and ran. So it's the emotional availability, emotional availability the trust, the courage, and then um, your, your perseverance, second to none. Mm-hmm. You have been absolutely refined by fire. And it's just this incredible cocktail. And that, I mean, of course, it's an outer beauty that speaks of an inner beauty. That's what I see. You're gorgeous. But like, like your inner beauty is refined and it makes the outer. Because, you, you know, sometimes I'm not even going to say. Tell us about it. What about her outer beauty? Um, what did you think of that? She is smoking. <laughs> um, Hot Barbie in real life. Honestly, but it's. I'm going to say this without I don't want to disparage anyone. There's a proverb that says. um, 
like a gold ring in a pig's snout is a beautiful woman who shows no discretion. And I've always thought like there have been times I've met beautiful women, but they just don't have that inner beauty. Mm -hmm. I'm like, man, like it's not so much, wow, like judgment. It's more so, wow, who could you be if you Mm -hmm. were as beautiful on the inside as you were on the out? And Courtney, like you see the outer beauty, but it speaks to, oh my gosh, there's this beautiful golden woman inside. Mm. Um, Anyway. It's amazing. That's, That's what I love about Courtney. I totally agree. I've always said to Courtney, if I was gay and single, I'd marry you in a heartbeat. (laughs) No question about it. Okay. So it's amazing. So it was the safety for you, Courtney. Yes. Very type six. And for you, it was the grace and compassion. And yeah, everyone who knows Courtney knows that like, it's just radical acceptance walking around in human flesh. So being in her presence is that's what you feel. So how about, you know, when we get married, you know, a lot of us end up feeling duped. Like, there's this about you when I got married. Like, I feel like, you know, what did I, what did I sign up for? You led me on. I think every married person I've ever talked to has felt that. So what were the challenges that surfaced once you did get married? And then we'd, I'd love to land this plane and just hear what helped heal you guys. Wow. What a question. Um, I think every married couple goes through this in some regard for sure, but we had not lived together mm-hmm. at all prior to marriage. So that was also a shock factor to consider. I think the biggest challenges we faced getting married was me really seeing like my own like insecurity, like a lot of things surface because we're together more than not, you know? And so I had a lot of my insecurity, the past like betrayal trauma coming up, like I'm overanalyzing who he's texting like his interactions with people, um, specifically women, because he has a lot of, you know, friends that are women. And I I kind of didn't have like that trust. And it was just like, I do have the trust. It was more so the triggers that were like coming up for me that just yeah. kind of like, I would then like lash out or like, um, just kind of go off of that trigger. I mean, it just speaks to like our body keeps the score. Even if you've got a clean slate, you're with this man who's faithful, who's really not like up to anything betrayal wise, but like, because that's your history, you're still, you've still got the hypervigilance until you work through it. Yes, exactly. Like Andrew's like super trustworthy, super faithful. And so it was kind of like, I would beat myself up too. Cause then I'd lash out and then I would like go into a shame storm. Like what's wrong with me? Oh my gosh, I'm the worst. Then I'm like talking so like down to myself. Um, and I also think like we saw the true, like our true characters. Like we see the, we're now seeing when we're married, like the worst parts of one another. Like it's no longer like roses and rainbows and sunshine mm-hmm. every day. Like you're, you're doing life together. Um, and that brings the financial aspects. Like I, I wasn't a budget keeper and just kind of had some credit card personal loan that I'm bringing in. And he's like, oh, I'm on this budget. And I'm just like, no, should we spend money on this? And he's like, no, like also values, like trying to see how our values, they're out of alignment a little bit. How do we make this work and reconcile all of these differences? So amazing. Yeah. How about for you, Andrew? Yeah. Um, this is a little bit harder of a question. Uh, not because it's, I mean, Courtney's amazing, but I think it was less so, I mean, yeah, there were, there were, um, misalignment of values for sure. Like you mentioned, um, I think it was really hard to see myself. I, okay, hold on. Let me, let me back up for a second. So, you know, we mentioned Enneagram. Um, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm pretty confident on the type three. 
we're sort of on the fence about that, but I'm pretty confident. And one of the things that I really love is a challenge. And so part of it is like this heroic view mm-hmm. of like, you know, I'm going to come in and be this white knight. Sorry, I don't mean race. <laughs> It's just like you know the, the knight in sharding armor or whatever and and on the white horse is what i meant yeah, yeah. so um, <laughs> that's awesome you know take foot insert in mouth but like i'm gonna be this hero and and then it's like you get into marriage you're like oh this is a challenge like duh mm-hmm. it's but it's it's challenging and mm-hmm. it's like wow i've never lived with a five-year-old before a four-year-old um he's referring to her son not to courtney i'm oh, sorry yeah <laughs> <laughs> yes uh, i've never lived with Isaac before and he's amazing but I had to learn that I had to learn how to do that I had to learn how to be a dad and a husband at the same time and like I am incredibly critical imagine that and it was really hard to have somebody point that out gently at first but then like when we get into it she's like I'm not even gonna say but just I I saw how critical I was I'm like wow that's really ugly Mm -hmm. I'm super mean yeah horrible and so I'd get defensive because I'm like I'm not that that's not me but I am that in my worst and so I think that was one of the things that came up is like fighting back against an identity that I didn't believe was me, but mm-hmm. really helped me like hold up a mirror and grow. I'm like, I don't need to grow. Like you need to grow. Like you need to, it's so much easier to see Courtney and all the ways that she felt short. And I'm like, I bring all this value into the marriage. I have this like, you know, dream family, it's stupid stuff, but this is like, you know, the unconscious beliefs that I have. I'm like, mm-hmm. I have this dream family. I have all these, you know, habits and things. And like, I've really worked on myself and like, I'm going to help you guys so much, but the irony is that in the last what year and a half, I've grown so much personally and I've learned so much about all the beautiful things that I, I love about Courtney and would have never in a thousand years um, guessed that that was, that was true. So that was, that was really what was so hard. Um, I'm sure there are other things I'm glossing over, but yeah. Um, it's so. such a mirror. Yeah. What you're describing, like, Oh, it, it's just so cringy. Right. Cause when you're first dating, it's like, you're reflected back to you all the greatest things about you because you're in that stage of like Mm -hmm. complimenting each other like crazy and you know only seeing the best and then it gets to a point where yeah it does highlight like oh like you said Andrew these are like the dark parts of me and I'm super critical too I feel like Sebastian and I it's like flipped Sebastian's very radically accepting never tried to change me and I was the opposite and it was like a lot of damage that I can now recognize and own and forgive myself for but that was like totally the damage I brought to the marriage and I know Courtney when I started learning about nervous system work you were the first to hear about it when mm-hmm. I started my program like everything I was learning I feel like I was just passing on to you because we were both going through we trauma bonded. That's how we met. You know, like all we used to talk about was heavy stuff. It's been amazing to have this like new era of our marriage, of our marriage, (laughs) of our, I feel like I'm married to you as my best friend, (laughs) a new era of our friendship where it's like, now we're talking about dreams and vision and abundance and like, wow, who are we? This isn't how we started. How about with the hypervigilance that you brought into the marriage? It's definitely different now. I am able to take a step back, even if there is a small trigger, maybe even large trigger, Like I'm able to communicate the trigger like to Andrew and say, Hey, Mm -hmm. this is what's happening to me. This is what's happening to my body. This is what I'm noticing is happening versus like, I can't believe you did this. Like, how dare you? Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. Does that, that was one of the biggest things that helped me in the communication. Yeah. With Sebastian was like, not just telling him, this is what I'm feeling. And these are all my fears, but like, yeah, getting myself grounded. And then when I, communicating to him like 
when I saw, I don't know, your phone beep, for example, like my throat all of a sudden closed up and my body got tense. And, you know, I, I, I didn't tell him what I was learning at first. He just started noticing some difference. And we've talked about it now. He's like, yeah, you started with communicating to me, sharing a lot more about your body. <laughs> <laughs> but I think it helps, you know, in communication because it's like the first place to react and it gives them an idea of like this just happened like I didn't like choose to be crazy or like I don't want to feel dramatic and emotional right now like this is just what I noticed it takes a very observer um objective kind of view of like this is what happened to my body this is the stories that my mind played after these are the emotions I felt and then learning like at the end of the day this is what I needed but I met this in myself instead of jumping to you to meet that need right away so amen for progress and then what about you what did you notice any differences in Courtney as she was getting deeper in the nervous system work what did you notice from your point of view oh my gosh it was incredible like I'm I'm sitting here thinking like how volatile some of these situations had been when we started and I don't mean I for both of us like you know I wasn't necessarily used to going at it as far as like conflict yeah be very careful how we say things um uh with conflict and like verbal conflict i'm i you know i'm a words guy clearly um but i just wasn't used to that and like some of our arguments in a few months in a marriage they got crazy and they were yelling matches and they were profanities and like like what what in the world and and i'm like you know i in my moments, I'm like, Courtney has more traitors than a gun. Like, my gun. <laughs> and, so, and so I'm like, what am I going to And that was part of the whole, like, what did I just sign up for? Uh-huh. Gosh, I just made the biggest mistake in my life. The irony was that I had just as many triggers. I just didn't know. I was uh-huh. so physically, like, numb. I didn't even know. And so when Courtney started, it was crazy. I don't remember exactly. I think it was around the time she started talking. Because you've helped her for the, your, our entire marriage and before that, like you've been a huge help to her. And then when you started doing the program, like the biggest help, we'll say. And then when she started doing the program, like she, you started to have language, Courtney, for like, this is how I'm feeling. And and it's it, like started owning it too. And then I was like, whoa, like, it, like I, I'm trying to put into words. I was expecting a fight and wincing and like ready to attack. And she's like, I'm not going to fight. Um, you know, I'm not here to fight. I'm not here to like, I'm here to like share with you. I'm like, you're not. And then as she started to talk about it over time, I was like, oh, I have the same stuff. Oh, I feel it in my throat. Oh, I feel it in my gut. Oh, I feel it in my stomach. Wow. Holy smokes. I feel it all. I'm freezing right now. Like, this is horrible. What do I do? I'm like, Courtney, help me. Like, I'm broken. And (laughs) she's like, here's what you do. And she was teaching me, I didn't know, but she was teaching me, you know, um, you know, the meditation, the box breathing. Like, I don't even know all the things, but like the three things, like, uh, what is it? You see three things you see, three things you hear, three things, like the sensory work, um, even dancing. I think she like helped solve my lifelong, um, what's this word? What's the word? Um, I've always hated dancing and I didn't know that it was a way to shake trauma out of your body. Mm-hmm. It's like, I'm used to it. Taylor Swift is like the best somatics practitioner. Shake it off. <laughs> I'm not a Swifty, but she's she's totally awesome. Um, but just like dancing, I was like, I hate dancing, and I didn't. I think it, I could be, you know, could be completely wrong here, but I think it has something to do with trauma, and that feeling is so familiar. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. I hate feeling good. I think I'm used to feeling bad. Feels unsafe. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't like feeling because it's, it's what keeps me safe is to feel unsafe. So your work and your work with Courtney and Courtney's work has helped me. I haven't even done your program. I want to do your program. Am I supposed to say that? I don't know if I'm supposed to say that. You're allowed to. Typically, yes. It's for, you know, it's for women, but I, I want to do it. I want to go through your program and really understand the deeper stuff. And, you know, some of the work with, with Justin and, and his, his community, um, I'm sure you've talked about like that's highlighting even more somatic work. I'm like, I didn't even know this existed. Mm-hmm. And thank God I understand even the, the tip of the iceberg now. So sorry, in so many words, it was an absolute freaking game changer. It changed everything. Mm. And, you know, you know, there's more work to do. We're always going to have stuff, but this is an X factor, like between, you know, spiritual work and emotional work. And then the the body work, like you can't, you can't lose. Mm -hmm. And that was, that was a real X factor. So anyway, thanks for letting me share that. But I just, it honestly changed the game. Yeah. That's, I'd never heard your perspective really like in bits and pieces. I remember you, um, texting me and saying like, wow, like I'm noticing a different energy from Courtney. This is like so beautiful. Like I'm witnessing transformation, but I never got to hear the details like that. So that was really cool. And just so, yeah, people know, people ask with the program, is it just for women? It is. Um, but if you know, you're in the program, your husband gets access to the modules and, um, the only thing they're not invited to is the live calls because we really want to make it a safe space for women where they can let their hair down, say whatever. Totally understand. Yeah. But I'm grateful for you too. We'll have to do this conversation again, but this was so beautiful for today. Is there any last words or shout outs or just something really on your heart that you want to share before we hop off? I, I, I can just say, I just want to say thanks, Becky. Like just because you did the work and then you're helping so many other women do the work to like help, you know, them, their marriage than themselves. Cause I think I know how I like, I like want to help my marriage first and then secondary comes yourself, but like really the work you're doing helps women restore like trust within themselves and then trust within their marriage and intimacy in their marriage. So thank you. Thanks girl. I love you. And I have to thank you too. Cause like even a question I get asked so much by people is like, how did you navigate friends during this time when you were going through the hardest stuff with Sebastian um, and maybe unsolicited advice and yada, yada. And I always point back to Courtney. She was my X factor. Like she was my refuge because like Andrew said, what drew him to you in the first place, like that was the most healing addition to my process during all of that dark ish I went through was your radical acceptance and compassion and knowing how much of a mess me and Sebastian were, but never offering your opinion or telling me what I should do. Just like holding space, reminding me that you're going to be there no matter what, reminding me that I could trust my intuition at the end of the day. And you're going to wait as long as that takes for me to find that trust in myself. And so I just think everyone deserves a friend, you know, like that. And, you know, Andrew, so lucky that you get to be married to her. Like I said, I would if it was under different circumstances. <laughs> but I love you both so much. You both are so incredible. And I can't wait for round two. Thanks for coming on today. Thanks so much, Ah, I'm honored you found today's episode worth your listen and time to hang out with me today. 
You know, for some of us, this podcast is just the thing you need to support you towards your breakthrough. But for others, we know we need a deeper level of support and guidance. So if you're a highly ambitious woman who's ready to repair deep, unshakable connection in your marriage, I'd love to tell you about my client coaching program called Root to Rise. This is the life-changing transformational container that will teach you exactly how to launch your marriage to the next level by moving trauma out of your body and stepping back into your power. Even if you've already tried everything, even if you're caught on the fence of should I stay or should I go, and even if your husband's not on board today. So look for my link in the show notes to book a call with me and we'll just talk about what's working, what's not, where you want to go. And very easily, I'll be able to tell you if and how I can help you. And if not me, I can still point you in the direction of some resources that can. So either way, tons of clarity. We'll have some fun getting to know each other while we're at it. And that's it for today. Huge hugs, my friend. I'll chat with you next Friday.